Welcome. My name is Jesse and you are listening to The Wake Up Call. This show is about opening your eyes to how you've been living, bringing awareness to the standard you've been operating at, and helping you start living to your full potential. There are two ways I'll help you do this. One, by disciplining your mind, and two, by strengthening your body. It's time to take stock of your current performance and go to the next level. Let's do this. Have you ever met somebody who has taught themselves a certain subject matter? Somebody who's maybe just gone online and done a course or read an article or watched a YouTube tutorial and then thought they were an expert? That's what I want to talk to you guys about today is the topic of being self-taught when it comes to strength training. Now, what I mean by self-taught is that basically you just go out and do it on your own. You don't have any experience. You don't have any deeper understanding of the body, physiology, anatomy, biomechanics, and you just go out and do it on your own. You just go and do what you think you should be doing. So ultimately, especially in today's age, what happens when we don't know something? We turn to the mighty Google machine. So we whip out our phone, we whip out our tablet or the computer, and we just start typing stuff into the search bar to see what pops up. And it's not, it's not the worst idea I've ever heard, especially when the technology is there, it's available. But I want to talk to you guys about if that is actually a smart way for you to go about learning how to strength train correctly. All right. The reason I wanted to talk about this is because I was having a conversation, I was speaking with a man this morning, uh, and he was inquiring about some personal training and getting some uh, one-to-one coaching. Um, just to give you a bit of context, this guy's been training for a couple years on his own. Uh, he's got a bit of a setup at his home. He has a squat rack. He's got a bar. He's got a flat bench, uh, some dumbbells, some plates. I think he said he's got a kettlebell as well, or kettlebells. Um, and he's kind of been doing his own thing. And so far for this guy, uh, YouTube has been his biggest teacher or coach thus far. Now, what you need to understand when it comes to learning and growing your mind and just becoming smarter and more knowledgeable, there are three ways that you can learn. The first method is what is called auditory. So that is what you hear. So you're learning right now by listening to this podcast. You're hearing it through your ears. That's one way, auditory. Second is visual. We learn by seeing, by watching other people and then modeling that behavior. The third is kinesthetic. That is by doing. So let's take, for example, this YouTube coach, okay? Or the Google coach, okay? Everyone's used Google, like the the Dr. Google. You type in, you've got some cold cough flu-like symptoms. You type it in, fuck, what do I have? Check Google. Um, Anyway, that's, that's on a bit of a tangent. Um, the YouTube, the YouTube, is it a good way to learn? It can be like anything. It can be, but it's about the application. If the information that you're receiving is good information, that's awesome. But it's only as good as the application that you put into that information. I hope that makes sense. So I've talked about this before. Knowledge is not power. Knowledge is potential power. So, for example, I'm, a, I'm an avid reader. I read every single day. I read 10 pages. You guys know this. It's something that I do to try and develop my mind. But also, it's, it's a form of meditation for me. It's a time where I can just switch off all the devices. There's no input. There's no external sounds, noises coming in, except for what's happening around my area. And I just read. 
So I'm learning, I'm reading the pages and I'm ingesting and I'm sort of getting that knowledge directly from a visual stimulus by seeing. But the biggest thing, and this actually comes into, unfortunately, why the standard of personal training is so low, is because people are learning so much stuff online. And again, I have nothing against online. But think about this. Strength training is a very, or it can be a very dangerous activity. You're lifting dumbbells, kettlebells, barbells, i.e. weights, and you're trying to use them to accomplish a certain goal. Whether it's a squat, a lunge, a press, it doesn't matter. You are moving a heavy load through space. So which of those three methods of learning do you think would be most beneficial for you? By hearing about them, by learning, by listening, by seeing and watching other people do it? Or do you think you would learn best by actually doing it yourself? Hmm. So we start to get this bit of a picture now that, okay, the other two methods are okay. They're, they're important for you to understand which exercises you should be doing in the first place. You need to understand the concept about how to do them. But the most important thing is your ability to actually perform it. So you need to be doing, this needs to be kinesthetic teaching, okay? So if all you're doing is watching YouTube tutorials, reading articles, but you're not actually doing this stuff and getting somebody to monitor your technique and give you direct feedback on your application of the exercise, oh my friend, you are missing the boat. You are missing a big chunk of the learning experience, the biggest and the most important part, okay? What you are learning or practicing needs to be the correct technique. Like I said, I'm not I'm not against you learning, um, you know, by watching or hearing. That's fine. It's part of the process, but you need to try some stuff out on your own as well. That's exactly how I started out. But just to kind of track back a little bit, this gentleman was telling me about some of his uh, past training, and he ran me through kind of like a laundry list of injuries. And it was all over the last few years that I'm thinking to myself, hmm, okay, we've got somebody who loves training, very disciplined with the training, that's awesome. Trains frequently, yes. Wants to progress, wants to improve, wants to build strength, awesome. Been watching YouTube, I've got this injury, I've got a shoulder thing, I've had a knee, I've done my lower back recently. They're red flags, they are big red flags. If we're starting to get all of these injuries, we have to think about how am I getting them? Why am I getting them? Is it the exercise itself? I could tell you right now, it's probably not the exercise itself. It's the application of that exercise. Or maybe it's the load. Maybe the load is just too heavy for this person. Or maybe they're doing too much volume. Maybe there's just far too many reps in there. I don't know. So what I've advised this gentleman to do is to come in for some one-to-one -one coaching to get some kinesthetic awareness to actually practice the movement under the watchful eye of an experienced coach. I've been coaching for 12 years. I know exactly what I'm looking for when I'm asking somebody to do a squat. I know exactly where I want the body to be positioned when we perform a lunge. I know exactly how the back should be held when doing a bent over row. If you are not experienced in this domain, understand that your knowledge level, your understanding of the body is limited. This is where coaches exist. This is why there are personal trainers. 
But what I want you to understand is I'm, I'm not knocking this guy, but he's, he's done the right thing to actually reach out. And that's that's a big plus. That's a big tick. That's what I would actually, I implore you to do that. If you've never received any one-to-one coaching, it's actually very useful to see, hey, I've been doing these for a while. Is my technique actually any good? Or do I just kind of think it is? And there's a very simple test you can do. Grab your phone, stand it up, and video yourself when you exercise. Now, I'm not saying you have to do a live stream and broadcast it to the world, but what I am saying is, if you're doing a set of 10 squats, video yourself. Do it from the front, do it from the back, do it from the side. What does it look like? What's what's your back doing? Is it straight, is it rounded, is it curved? What are your knees doing? Are they facing forwards, in? Are they poking out? Are your toes on the ground? Are they lifting up? How deep are you going? Are you doing a partial range of motion, like a quarter squat? Or are you going too deep and you can't actually control your pelvis and you're getting what is called butt wink, where your tailbone tucks under your body and it is a very uncompromised, it is a compromised position for your low back. This is what I want you to start to think about. This is the attention to detail when it comes to training. It's not just, oh, I'll get in, I'll get out. If that is your attitude, you really need to think about what you're doing. It's not about just getting the tick on the box. It is in a sense, but you need to make sure what you're doing is actually of the standard required. So you get the most out of that exercise, but also you reduce your risk for injury. And this is where I see a lot of people miss the boat. They're too focused on, I've got to fucking flog myself. I've got to run myself into the ground. I've got to lift more weight. And their technique just turns to rubbish. No. Technique is the cornerstone. It is the foundation upon which everything else is built. If your technique sucks, that's where you need to start. So, what you do learn, whether it be through this podcast, whether it be through the YouTube video, whether it be through an article you read, it needs to be practiced as the right technique. So you need to compare the standard of technique to your technique. And there are movement standards, and I'm gonna go through one with you in a moment. There are certain criteria which need to be met for pretty much every single exercise out there. And you'll have your own kind of style of exercise, which is cool, but there are gonna be some non-negotiables that you need to kind of abide by, okay? And this is where you're trying to actually use that kinesthetic, that feedback by doing, and compare it against the movement standard. These are standards of movement which need to be met. And you judge your effort against the standard. After you've completed one set, two sets, three sets, however many sets you do, and you review your footage, you need to ask yourself, if I know the standard, if I know what correct technique looks like, did I pass or did I fail? What needs tweaking? Where can I improve? What needs fixing here? I'll give you an example. Push-ups. This is one of the exercises I do when people come to see me in my initial consultation. Most people, when I ask them, have you done push-ups before? They just look at me like, yeah, I've done push-ups. Cool, that's awesome. Have you done them on your knees or your toes? I'm not really fussed. I don't really judge people before they come in. I just ask people what they've done because everybody's had a different experience. Some people have done push-ups since you know they were in high school. Other people have never even attempted push-ups on the toes. So that's absolutely fine as well. I just ask people what they've done. Anyway, moving on. Push-ups, I'm gonna run you through the standard of movement. Here we go, grab a pen and paper if you want as well. You can write this down and then you compare your push-ups against the movement standard here. 
Your hands should be, should be placed directly under your shoulders but slightly wider. That allows you enough space for the elbows to slightly tuck in, but not so much that it becomes a tricep exercise. So when you place your hands on the floor, you do not want your fingers together. You wanna spread your fingers as wide as possible. So if you had your hand flat on a black gym tile and you had all your fingers together and you drew an outline around your hand with your fingers together versus another imprint, another outline of your fingers spread really wide, which one takes up more space? It's the one with the fingers spread really wide. You cover a greater surface area. When you are doing weight training, lifting weights, resistance training, you want to create the biggest base of support. You want to apply the most amount of force into the ground or into the tool you're trying to lift. So that means from the push-up, fingers are spread really wide, like as wide as possible, okay? When you arrive or as you descend into your push-up, your elbows should be tucked slightly. So if you lift your elbows right up to the side, if you're standing up, lift your elbows up to the side and just pull your elbows back a few times. You'll feel there's a bit of like a pull, a bit of a stretch kind of sensation on the front of the shoulder and the pec, the chest muscle. If you drop the elbow down a little bit, so it's about 45 degrees in relation to your torso, pull back. Oh, that feels a bit more comfortable. It's a bit more range of motion there. I don't have to work as hard. There's not that kind of aggressive pull on the front of my shoulder. It's a more stable position, which is why we, we need the hands to have a little bit of space for the elbows to come inside. Because if your hands are too narrow, so if you think of like a diamond push-up where your hands are touching and you create a diamond shape, your elbows only have one way to go. That's out. You don't really want the elbows to flare excessively out to the side because that leads to internal rotation of the shoulder. But we also don't want the elbows super close that it becomes a close grip or a tricep push-up. Okay, we want the big muscles to do the work, the chest, the shoulders, and the triceps are an assistance. They're a, they're a helper muscle as well. Cool. Next. At the bottom position, so when you are at the bottom of the push-up, you want to have a vertical forearm. So between your fist and your elbow, that bone or those bones, your radius and your ulna, those two bones which make up your forearm, that should be facing straight up. It should be vertical. Because when you press, you don't want the force to be traveling backwards or forwards. In the push-up, you go up and down. That's vertical. Mm-hmm. We're overcoming gravity, up, down, up, down. So your forearm shouldn't angle forwards or backwards. It should predominantly be straight up and down, okay? Then we have the midsection, the midline of the body. Your core should be rigid. Your stomach should be tight. I reference the push-up and I liken it to a moving plank because that's exactly what it is. You start on your hands, so you're supporting yourself, your body weight, on your hands and on your feet. If your midsection, if your core is not working, your back is going to sag, and you're gonna create almost like a snake type effect. You're going to arch the back heavily to complete the movement. That's not neutral, that is not a strong spinal position. So I want you to imagine, you're in your push-up position, you're pressing the floor away, you're on your feet, you're on your hands, and the midsection is off the ground. Imagine someone's gonna come and boot you in the stomach. Someone's gonna come and kick you in the guts. You have to brace and tense those muscles for that impact. Okay, so you do not draw your belly button in. I repeat, you do not draw your belly button in. What we're trying to do with that bracing strategy 
is, as the name implies, you are trying to brace and absorb for impact, or in this case, movement or load. The load in this instance is your body weight plus gravity. All right? So when you do the push-up, there shouldn't really be any movement through your midsection. Between your nipples and your knees, they shouldn't move. There should be zero movement there. The movement is coming through your shoulders, your elbows, a little bit through the wrist, and there's a pivot from your ankles. So from a side view, you know, the, the feet aren't going up and down, but there's movement more at the upper body. So the pivot comes from the ankle. You see that body kind of fall and rise as one straight line. Your back should be straight like a steel rod. Okay? The last standard we have is the range of motion. If your shoulder mobility allows, we're trying to get chest to floor. Or if you can't get chest to floor, we're going as deep as a neutral shoulder position will allow for. So that means if your shoulder, if the head of your shoulder starts rotating forward, that's internal rotation at the shoulder, then currently your mobility does not allow for that. You go as deep as your shoulder mobility will allow for. There's your push-up. Gauge your push-up against what I've just mentioned there. Okay, hands under the shoulders, but slightly wider. Fingers are spread super wide. At the bottom position, you want a vertical forearm. Your core is really tight and your stomach is braced. It is a moving plank. So your body goes up and down as a straight line. Range of motion, chest to floor. So ladies, boobs to floor. It is not face to floor. If your face, so if you're forehead, chin or nose hits the floor first, you're doing it incorrect. You're doing it incorrectly. You're poking your head out to try and shorten the range of motion. Imagine there's a bag of dog poo on the floor. You want to keep your head far away from that bag of dog poo. Okay? Another way you can do this is if you're standing, you don't have to, <laughs> the dog poo's one way, you, it'll sort you out very quickly. Another way is to stand up, place your index finger against your chin. Now, from a nice standing position, pull your head back away from the finger. So the finger is against the chin. You're just pulling the head away and then relax it. This is retracting the head. We don't want the head poking forward. The head carriage should stay completely still, as does the midline. So what I'm trying to get out here, guys, is there's no point in you doing loads of reps which you think are correct, but actually aren't. There's no point in you doing loads of reps or increasing the weight of whatever exercise it is that you're doing if it's not the correct technique. All you're going to do by doing that is forcing yourself up to relearn or unlearn that technique down the track because eventually you're going to hit a plateau, you're going to run into a roadblock or a wall, and you're going to wonder, fuck, why can't I progress? Or, you know, if it's the push-ups, why are my shoulders, like the front of my shoulders, always sore? Well, it's because your technique's wrong. It's as simple as that. So with the right technique comes improved performance, but also decreased risk of injury. So that's what you should focus on. Don't worry about lifting really heavy or doing loads of reps until your technique is absolutely spot on. And that's why I have, I have a, a service. It's called Foundations of Fitness. It is a series. There's three 60-minute coaching sessions where people come in and I get to see how they move. I have session plans for all three of these sessions. They're great for beginners 
to learn the fundamentals of strength training. It's a very simple method and program. And it's also very good for experienced lifters so they can get an objective coach's eye on them and their technique. So if you've never done weight training before, I've had people who've never lifted weights in their life come in and I've explained what foundations of fitness is. They've gone through the session. I've run them through the format and why we do the exercises a certain way and how to do them correctly. And it, it just absolutely blows their mind of, holy crap, this is actually quite simple, but everything makes sense. Ah, I've seen people do squats like that. That's why we don't have the knees coming. Oh, perfect. Very cool. Lunges. Ah, doesn't feel comfortable. It hurts my knees. Okay, try it like this. Just adjust your foot position. Ah, the knee pain's gone. That's what we're looking for. It's about understanding the technique first and then being able to demonstrate it second. You might be able to understand it, but if you can't demonstrate it, your knowledge level isn't going to get you far. And that's where you need more reps, more good reps, more correct reps. Okay? Also, if you are an experienced lifter, Maybe you've been training on your own. Maybe you've done CrossFit. Maybe you've done you know, your, your group fitness classes and whatever. And you, you think that you've got it in the bag. You think, oh, I've done squats. I can do them. Yeah, squats are easy. Give me some weight. Well, no, no, no. Hold on a minute. If body, squats, uh, body weight squats are easy for you, fantastic. Show me. Prove to me that you understand the technique. And prove to me that you can actually do it. Knowing is not enough. You have For lifting weights, for strength training, for building muscle, for developing strength, you must be able to display the technique. You might be fucking Einstein, the smartest person in the world. You might be a bookworm. You've read 400-page documents. You've read article upon article and report after report. But if you can't show me these things, that information, that knowledge is absolutely worthless. You might be the smartest person in the room, but if you can't demonstrate it, what good is it? If it's easy, show me. So what I'm trying to say here, guys, is if you don't have access to a coach, an experienced coach, that's that's okay. Then I would say, yeah, absolutely, learn online, do as much as you can to learn about movement, learn about the anatomy. You know, what's this bone called? What's what's the role of the OA? Well, like, what what function does it is it meant to do? If you don't have access to a coach who can kind of shorten that learning curve, learn online, do what you can, use what you have. But otherwise, if you do have access to somebody locally or in your area, or maybe you have to try uh, travel 30, 40, 60 minutes to go and get some coaching, do that. So you can have somebody assess how you and your body moves. Because somebody else's body doesn't move like your body. Nobody has the injury history that you have. Nobody has the mileage on the body that yours has. Your body is unique. Yes, you are a special snowflake, okay? <laughs> um, but what I'm trying to say here, guys, last little bit, is if you understand what's being said, or you see somebody else doing the exercise really well, and you think, yep, that is a good squat. You just walk into a room, or you go into the gym, and you think, fuck yeah, that guy over there in the red shirt, He's got an awesome squat. That's cool. It's awesome that you can recognize what is good movement. But can you do it yourself? If you can't, it's time you hired a trainer or you got some one-to-one -one coaching. And this is where you've got to ask yourself, is it worth it? Well, I don't know. Was going out last week and getting 
shit-faced, worth it? I don't know. How long is a piece of string? It's gonna be worth it if you can see yourself doing this long-term. For me personally, I travel long distances to receive the best coaching. I travel further to go to my football because I'm playing at a higher grade and a higher level and a better team than previously. Mm -hmm. Because I value it. I see myself doing it. I wanna maximize what I have. And I said to this guy, it's not local for him. It's about a 30, 35 minute drive, but it may or may not be a long-term thing. So if he can get some cues, some tips, some improvement out of the exercises he's already doing and then take them away and start practicing his 10,000 reps with correct technique, that's gonna pay dividends so fucking quickly for him. And that's the same for you. If you're not sure on what you're doing, get a coach's eye. Get somebody who understands human movement, what should be moving, what should not be moving, how to brace, where your head should be positioned, and how to fix up these little you know, inconsistencies with your reps. So then you can go away and practice it on your own. Once you know what good technique, it's a matter of ingraining that pattern over and over again. But the technique has to be right in the first place so you know what you're trying to model. Like I said, once you know the standard, you then have to go and practice the standard. If you can't do something once, you certainly can't do it 10 times. So instead of doing these, you know, three sets of 10 to 12, maybe for you, it's three sets of five. Maybe it's three sets of three. Start small and then build, all right? If you need help and you wanna get started, Foundations of Fitness is where I would point you. That is the direction you should be starting. Uh, if you are local to my area and you wanna dive into this and take training a bit more seriously and get more out of your training so you can preserve your body and maximize your results, Foundations of Fitness, you can head to my website. It is www.fullasc.com. So I'll spell that for you. www.fullasc.com. And then have a look and we can get you started. So guys, I hope that makes sense. I'm not against learning online. I do it all the time. But like I said, what you're trying to practice needs to be the right technique. If you're practicing you know, shit form, you're gonna get really good at shit form. <laughs> I don't want that for you. I, I take the absolute utmost pride in how I coach and the amount of attention to detail with my clients. I don't let people get away with shit rep. I don't let people get away with shit reps when I know they can do better. And when they know the technique and end up displaying it, that is laziness. Okay, so you've got to understand the right technique and then you display it and then you improve and you progress once you can do that. Like I said, if you know what good technique is, show me. If you loved the wake-up call, found it entertaining, or got some benefit out of listening, I would appreciate you helping me to spread the word. Please share it with a friend or on social media so that you can pay it forward and give someone else the opportunity to improve themselves like you just have. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon for another episode.